Friends, this too, in words and music, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson today comes from Psalm 110. We continue to open our hearts to God's Spirit and listen to the word of the Lord. Psalm 110. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies my footstool. The Lord sends out from Zion your mighty scepter, rule in the midst of your foes. Your people will offer themselves willingly on the day you lead your forces on the holy mountains. From the womb of the morning like dew, your youth will come to you. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter heads over the whole wide earth. He will drink from the stream by the path. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Friends, this too, the word of the Lord. So, what is on your mind and heart today? I'm guessing that one thing has to do with maybe your mother. Mother's Day is today, and we're thinking about and thanking God for our mothers. According to a quick reference check, Mother's Day was first proclaimed in Boston in the 1870s. That would be about 100 years after the famous Boston Tea Party when the people there were overthrowing or rejecting the mother country. And in its earliest form in the 1870s, Mother's Day had a great deal to do with pacifism and disarmament and peace. In 1870, it was common for mothers whose sons had fought in the Civil War to meet and to find support and solace from one another. So Mother's Day began really related to peace and disarmament. As the years unfolded into the early 1900s, Mother's Day gained momentum when a woman in West Virginia who hadn't been involved in the disarmament and peace conversations with other women pushed to commemorate her own mother who died in early May. So she advocated to set aside a day to celebrate all mothers. And West Virginia made it a holiday in 1910, and then President Woodrow Wilson in 1914 declared the second Sunday of May Mother's Day. So we have mothers on our mind and our heart today. For some of us, this is wonderful. We had loving mothers, or we have loving mothers. Our mothers, whether alive with God or alive with us, to shape us in the ways of care, love, and God. Many of you who are mothers uh, seek to spread love and care. We have mothers and grandmothers here today for this baptism, and we celebrate all of this today. For others of us, this day, Mother's Day, might bring something else. Reminders of mothers' failings, perhaps. Reminders of the inability to be mothers. Or distance and perhaps alienation from our mothers. Or worries about whether we will ever be a mother or about anxieties in what kind of mother we might be or should be. 
May God's mothering love enfold us all and cover us all and encourage us where we need it most today. And may God keep showing us how to love and care for one another. What else might be on your mind and heart today? Perhaps it's baptisms and babies. Uh, we celebrate today with different and extensive families, the Bonies and the Horns, and these baptisms here at this font remind us to think about our own baptisms. Perhaps rem- help us remember the baptism of our children. It also reminds us that we're all about promises and following Jesus because we promise to support one another in raising our children and living lives as disciples. This is always our calling. That's always what baptism is about. So whenever we gather around this font, this subject dominates our heart and God's spirit is powerfully at work as we remember that we're all covered in God's love and we're called to be about God's love and light in serving in the world. Maybe something else is dominating your heart and mind today. Maybe it's something heavy, something weighing on you, some new diagnosis, some new transition in your family or in your life, some heartache. Maybe it's something unresolved. And while you're here, you're really not here. You're focused elsewhere. Perhaps that's your case today. And may God's love and brightness and hope and encouragement meet us all wherever we find ourselves today. There's something else before us today and on our mind and heart, at least uh, it should be, and that's we just read, Psalm 110. Who has ever heard of Psalm 110? That's a real question. This is not uh, one of the more familiar psalms in our Psalter. Perhaps it's even one of the most remote and unfamiliar of all the psalms. Well, here are some thoughts and insights that might encourage your mind and heart a little bit more today. This psalm, number 110, seemingly so remote and unfamiliar, is actually the most quoted psalm in all the New Testament. The most quoted. It's not Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. It's not Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord. It's this one, Psalm 110, the most quoted psalm in all of the New Testament. Here's another insight. This Psalm 110 is the most often referenced psalm in our confessions in answer to the question, where is Jesus today? When we stand and recite on some Sundays the Apostles' Creed and we say, I believe in Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of God, this is the reference. Psalm 110, the most mentioned. So while this might be an obscure psalm and unknown to us, it may have been, frankly, the most memorized, the most pondered, the most prayed over for people of the first and the second and the third centuries. This psalm has been used for hundreds of years as a text for the installation of a king or a leader whose life and leadership is meant to serve God. This psalm is referred to so many times in the New Testament because faithful people have seen the words of this psalm and seen it in the context, the lens of Jesus, the Messiah, who is established to rule the earth. This psalm 
comes to mind. The main point of the psalm, in other words, applied to kings, applied to Jesus, and applies still to us. This is a psalm that reminds us how to live our lives before God. And it speaks to us afresh on this Mother's Day or whatever you are facing in your own life this day. The basic message is this. We are all summoned from self to selflessness in God's light and in God's love and in God's service. We are to recenter our lives in what God says and what God is doing here and everywhere around the world. So the psalm opens with a very short phrase, the Lord says. Now, we live in a world in these days that we're absolutely overwhelmed with sayings and words. Perhaps you can relate to the Ziggy cartoon. It shows two people walking into their house after a long day of work. A parrot in a cage is in the center of the cartoon and in the center of the house. The bird is there in the cage and its feathers are all askew. Its eyes are cockeyed and mixed up. The bird is basically falling off, barely hanging on its perch in the cage. And the cage is totally wrecked. And clearly the bird then is stressed out and anxious and overwhelmed, almost beyond recognition. So the first person into the house says, "Uh uh-oh, what happened to the bird today while we were gone? And the other person says, I know, we left the TV on all day and it was tuned to Fox News. (laughs) This is the world we live in. And it's not just the constant news stream that we get from all across the world that leaves us frazzled and stressed and maybe beyond recognition. We're also bombarded, most of us, by everyone's thoughts all the time. We get this through emails, we get it through Facebook, we get it through Twitter, we get it through text messages and more. And there are waves and waves of messages and words coming at us all the time. It's hard to know what to listen to. It's hard to sort it out. It can be overwhelming. It wasn't like this in the first and second and the third century. And people were really interested in what the Lord says, which is how the psalm starts. The Lord says. Imagine that. Imagine a thirst, a longing for the good news of God. Imagine Not constant comments from news pundits or thousands of emails that we tend to or the many messages that flood our lives. What does the Lord say? What does the Lord say? And maybe this accounts for the obscurity of this psalm in modern life. We listen to so many other things. We're not sure we care about the Lord, about what the Lord says because we're so overwhelmed with what I'm saying, or what you're saying, or what the world is saying. Perhaps we meditate and become fixated not on what the Lord says, but on what I might achieve, or how I might succeed, or what's going on for me right now. Here's how one commentator puts it. This deep-rooted, me-first distortions of our humanity have been institutionalized in our economics and sanctioned by our psychologies 
Mostly we focus on and give energy to all the things that augment our human potential and make us feel good about ourselves. We want prayers that will bring us daily benefits to feel good. We want prayers that help us improve our standard of living. We want miracles to relieve our health problems and our boredom. We want activities that meet our needs on our own schedules. We too often come to the Bible mostly as consumers rummaging through text to find something at a bargain. And then we read Psalm 110 about the Lord says, and we're all too ready to go back to our newscast or check our phones one more time or look at email one more time or meditate on the stock market or look for security and hope in all kinds of other places. What if we actually sought to center our lives on what the Lord says? What if we sought to focus our lives as this psalm wants us to be focused? What if what the Lord says really shaped our lives? And I'm not talking about reading the Bible as infallible without thinking. I'm talking about investing our lives and seeking to live fully in God's presence. What if we listened? What if we lived with God in all the moments of our days? What if our whole being was rooted in God, ruling our hearts? What if we could indeed respond to God when God summons us? To live for God and live for others. What if we were truly lured from self to selflessness? From selfish pursuits to service in God's purposes. Then we might find God's full presence and God's peace and God's joy. You know, the self is pretty formidable. Most of us wake up every day and think, well... What do I have to do today? Most of us wake up and think, well, how am I feeling today? Or we ponder, what do I have to go to today? Maybe what might satisfy me today? This is how we are, even as little babies. We assume it's all about us. We have jobs to do. We have places to go. We have duties to tend to. We have families to feed. We have lawns to mow. We have Causes in which we are hugely invested with our lives and with our resources. And all of this is not bad. We are indeed striving to be good people. We strive to love. We strive to be faithful. But what is most central? What is most central to your life and my life? It's a regular question that we want to keep answering. It's also what we seek to grow into in our baptisms. Belonging to God? Do we serve God? Living in God's love? Do we live with God's love in all we do? These are regular questions. I'll be honest. I struggle with this just like you do on many days. My own calendar gets filled with commitments and demands. My own life has worries about my children or my family or my mother. My own heart gets full with many things, even as I seek to love and care for you, the people in this church where, with whom I'm called to serve. It's difficult. It's challenging. It's hard to sort out what is selfish and what is godly. What is 
it that's my need and my want and where is it faithful work in God's purposes. And the challenge is to keep me, keeping our lives centered. Centered and focused on being open to God's present and open to God's purposes and striving to serve God self, selflessly in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. See, Psalm 110 established its prominence, its eminence in those early Christian communities because it was about centering life and self on God, God who speaks. Those earlier people knew that if their lives were increasingly scattered, then they wanted to do something about it. They recognized that their hearts were easily distracted and distressed. And we know about that. They recognized that they needed to keep rooted in God. So they prayed. They memorized these words. They pondered and reflected on this Psalm 110. And it gave focus to their lives and it gave purpose to their work. When God speaks, see, we listen. And when God speaks, things happen. When God calls, our attention is called forth. Our lives are alerted. When God reminds us whose world this is, everything takes on a new perspective. When the Lord says, sit at my right hand and things will fall into proper place, see, that changes everything. When the Lord says, remain in my presence and all things will be kept in proper perspective, it changes our focus. The Lord has sworn, it says, and in that assurance we have life and hope and the promise of Christ's reign. Nothing can separate us from God's love. It's echoed in that psalm. This is one of the reasons that this psalm is quoted so often in the New Testament. It is that reference to the Lord's promise and never changing his mind that there will be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. See, Melchizedek was an ancient Canaanite priest-king, an unusual combination of roles, priest-king. And this reference is a foreshadowing of the Messiah who is to come. God's Messiah would come and rule like a king, but also like a priest. God's Messiah would come in power, but also bringing freshness and focus the king was always the one who gave structure to life. The priest was the one who brought life to the structure. It's a foreshadowing of the Messiah. Jesus Christ would be both foreshadowed in this psalm, announced in this psalm. And when we are open and when we can follow, our lives take on a new focus. We have life, we have wholeness, we have hope. So perhaps often it is that we feel distracted and distressed. Our lives are fixated on beating back the demons that we're dealing with. Our selves are focused on doing it all ourselves and we wear ourselves out. We get lost along the way. But when our focus, like this song, is open and honest and Sincere about God, seeking to live out our lives as God's faithful people, away from the self and toward selflessness, we become whole. 
And those words of Paul, by the mercies of God, we present our bodies holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed so that you may discern the will of God, the presence of God, the peace of God. Today, friends, in all our days, Mother's Day and whatever we're dealing with, we seek to live in God's presence, breathe in God's love, and live out God's love and purposes always and forever. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, we believe. Help our unbelief, especially as we open and trust and listen and commit to Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.